this week on the Time Bat Show. But then they have multiple rooms in the back that you have to be a member to get into. I mean, oh. do you think there's anyone really back there? What if it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Brian Eno's back there. Like and he's by himself. He's like, he has like a synthesizer and he's just constantly playing like weird spacey music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 172 of the Time Bat Show. I'm one of your hosts, Timasis. I'm your other host, Bat Snacks. And we have an excellent show today, don't we, Bat Snacks? Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm in a really good mood. Are you? I'm in a yeah. not great mood, but I did have a Whataburger for lunch today, so. Yeah, that'll do it. That's probably part of it. I love Whataburger, but after you eat it, your whole body feels... I mean, maybe not you. I don't know. Your whole body feels, like, tired. And, like, it sweaty. Has, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It has an effect on my mood, too. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. There's something in it that makes me, like, tired of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's really good, though, so I don't care. Yeah. It's worth it, but it's just weird. So I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm still riding that high, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm glad you're in a good <laughs> It's not a high. <laughs> it's a low, I guess. I'm glad you're in a good mood, though. It's been a long time since we've done a show. Like, almost a month. Not quite, but almost. Yeah. This has been, I think, the longest hiatus we've ever had before. I think so. Isn't it weird that... Sorry, my dog is making noises. <laughs> Are you okay? It's okay. Um, isn't it weird that with the pandemic and us locked in our houses, you would think we would be putting these out more often, you know, because there's nothing else to do. And yet, we're doing them less. Why do you think that is? For me, it's because I don't have a lot to talk about these days, because I don't really do as much. Yeah, I think I'm the same. Yeah. I still do stuff, but everything I do is like not really something I want to. It's like work related. Put out there. Yeah, yeah it's all work related or like personal things. Yeah. Whereas before, it's like, oh, I went to this new restaurant, or I went camping, or I went to this thing, or I saw a concert, or saw a movie, or da 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 da. There's a million different things, and that's just you know every day is the same now. So it's like, oh, how have you been for the past week? It's like, well, it's the same as last week, but thanks for asking. You know. I mean, it's not like before I would talk about to new restaurants or whatever that I went mm-hmm. to or, like, things I did, but there's something about being able to break it up. It's like... Yeah, it's true. It, it makes me not want to do anything. I have, yeah, I have, like, no motivation anymore to do anything. And, like, I love the podcast and I love doing it, but yeah, some weeks I'm too. just like, I I can't do it. Like, I have no motivation to do it and I have no, like... I don't even know what I would talk about if I did it, you know? Like, last week I, ha- I had to work a little later, so I just did that instead. Like, I probably could have made it work, but it was like, no, this is too much mental load. You know what I mean? And right. I think the week before that you were, like, sick, and you're like, ah, whatever. <laughs> you know? And then the week before that, I don't remember who 
was not feeling it, but I don't know. It just happens. But what I want to say is, no matter what, we should force ourselves to at least do it every month. Like, we, we'll get back to every week eventually. I'm certain of it. But oh, yeah. Me, uh, at least yeah. For, the, for the future, however long the, this lasts, we should at least do it every month for sure. I agree. We should keep doing this. Yeah. Because, I mean, when someone discovers the podcast underneath the pyramids in, mm-hmm. like, a thousand years. Okay. This is something I wanted to talk about, and I forgot. The pyramid po- thing is the great topic to bring it up because, you know, us our way of being remembered by future societies is this podcast, as stupid as that is. But it's true. Um, but I sent you a Wikipedia article recently about the long, the clock of the long now. Did you read yeah. about that? Did you see that? It sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons artifact. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> so it's like this clock that they're building into a mountain in like the desert in Texas. And it's supposed to be able to like function as a clock for 10,000 years with minor maintenance. Like, this is the my favorite line of the article was like like humans will have to like um maintain it only slightly like it'll mm-hmm. like you know like the gears might have to be like polished or whatever they do to gears <laughs> but um uh the one of the lines in the articles was uh the clock will be able to last 10,000 years until accurate time with minor human maintenance using and here's the best part Using Bronze Age tools. That was my favorite part of the article, too. Really? Because they go into detail about the different mechanisms they considered using Uh to power the clock. Yep. And the real struggle was finding something that, one, is super accurate. Yeah. Because, I mean, after 10,000 years, anything is going to go out of sync. Yes. In addition to being super accurate, it needs to have a really reliable energy source. And those two things, you can't reconcile them together right. very easily. No. Like, you can't put batteries in it or, like, a solar power generator because those right. break every year, like, yeah. no matter what you do. <laughs> right. So, I, in the Wikipedia article, it said that their current solution that they're implementing is they want it to be hand-wound. <laughs> But, like, you only have to do it, like, every 100 years or something ridiculous. Yeah, no, you don't have to do it very often. And it did say something I thought was really cool. (laughs) It has a backup power source. It Uh can use changes in temperature in the mountain to kind of make up for someone missing their shift. (laughs) So it's like the humans forget about it. Like, shit, we forgot our 100-year shift of one in the clock. Like, damn it. Like, as long as they go back, I don't know. It's like, do you know if you change your car with that good oil, you can, like, kind of forget the next time a little bit? But you still have to do it, like, the time after that. That's, like, an example of how it would work. But I just love love the phrase Bronze Age because it implies that they're going to assume that one day in the future we're all going to revert to, like, the Bronze Age. Like, we can't make this too complicated. Like, we can't give this... We can't make, like, computers in here because people might not know how to do that in the future. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. It's funny, though. They specifically call it the Bronze Age because they want the future civilization to be able to do it with, like, basic tools, you know? Which is really interesting to me. Yeah. Like, assuming... a really clearly labeled handle 
yeah. with like, like an arrow pointing down. Like if like, suddenly we reverted to the Middle Ages and they found the clock, they'd be like, okay, I know how to fix this. Like, we're good. We can, we can handle this or whatever. Which is a really cool idea, I think. Um, yeah. Something about that just like, I don't know, I really like that idea of the clock. Because like, we it's, don't really... Go ahead. It's very like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, kind of. Yeah. I imagine a man sitting there constantly and you have to face the trials to wind oh the clock. Oh my god, if there was like a man that would just sit at the clock forever, that would be a job right there. I just like the idea of a very long lasting artifact that we build. Yeah. Because we don't do that anymore. No. As a civilization. Like, when was the last time we built an artifact? Like, a thing that was like, okay, this is going to last 10,000 years or something. As humans. I've never seen it happen. I don't think it has in our lifetime. Because, like, I mean, they build the pyramids to, to last for a long time. And they build certain, like... Uh, churches and cathedrals back in the Middle Ages to last for a really long time, and like you know, but like today it's just like oh, I'll build this really tall building with the thought of like in ten years they're probably gonna demolish it for some other building, you know what I mean? But like, there's never that like permanence. But what better thing to do than a giant clock? Because that's permanent and keeps time. And then yeah, if we ever get wiped out and you and aliens find the clock. They'll be like, oh, this is the time that they used, you know? Yeah, that tells a lot about us. Yeah, they'd be able to reverse engineer our math, I think, from from that. Yeah, also, like, our our perspective on time. Like, it it would teach them that, you know, we evolved to use a a solar calendar, and, like, we probably lived in day and night cycles, and... Because, you know, the hand on the clock, it, it resets every 12 hours, not every 24. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of hints at, ooh, so they may, maybe some, some, it was different at night. Yeah, like something, going all day. something happened at night. Like they maybe they sleep at night or something like that. Mm. I don't know. I really like that idea of the clock. I hope it, I hope it, I hope it pans out. And then it, like, is supposed to chime every millennium, which I thought was intriguing. Like every new millennium, it chimes. That... Okay, imagine this. No, so, like, you're the creator, right? Uh-huh. And you've you're like I don't know, you're like fifty years old, sure. and you'll get to hear the the first chime. Mm-hmm. But once you miss that one, you don't. You're not going to get to see another one. Yeah. So imagine like you're the creator and you're there like on the millennium, mm-hmm. and. You're, you're like, okay, here it comes, and then it doesn't, It like, it doesn't work. It misses it. And that's it. And you're like, oh no, I lost it. And you don't know if it's going to work the next time, because you're not going to be around. How would they even test that? They wouldn't. They would just hope that it works every millennium. You know? Yeah. How odd would it be if the co- clock went forgotten by humanity... But it, like, had enough juice to get to the first millennium, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and then, like, the people ne- that live nearby the mountain all of a sudden hear this, like, ding dong! <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Wouldn't that be frightening? Yeah, that would be really scary. Yeah. And, like, what if they're, like, a primitive civilization at that point? And it's like, what is this noise? Like, where is this coming from? 
That'd be bizarre. Yeah, it would. It's kind of a cool idea, though. Anyway, I like this long now clock. I was looking on their website, and they have, like, a whole foundation on, like, future thinking stuff that they do. Like, they have, like, a clock, and they have, like, a library program to preserve, like, books and knowledge of humanity. They're, like, very much looking, like, very far into the future to, like, preserve humanity or whatever. So it's, like, it's kind of a cool foundation and i was like oh this is neat and then they had like this become a member section and i was like oh this is something i totally would like to do like become a dumb member of this dumb organization that builds giant clocks and time capsules and stupid shit like that and then i like looked at the prices of their membership fees and holy shit it's like it's for rich people that have nothing else to do like clearly you know how much is it so, like, the basic, basic, basic one is, okay. like, $300 a year. Oof. But, and that doesn't really get you anything. It gets you a membership card that is made of cobalt and has your name oh. engraved on it. Oh, neat. Do you oh. get a t-shirt or something else? <laughs> I don't like. think so. But you have access to their forums and all the videos they put out. And then the next level, hold on. You know what? I'm going to open this website right now because we're going to do this. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. I could do three hundred dollars a year. <laughs> no, just do it for one year. You get the card, like you know a really cool I mean? card. Yeah, I mean, it's such a cool. I don't know. I don't know why I clicked on it. I was just like, this is something I would do because I'm stupid, you know. The Long Now Foundation is funded by members and donors like you. Your membership supports our work on the ten thousand year clock, the seminar series. The Rosetta Project, which apparently is a project about, like, getting all the languages together so that future races understand us. That's a good idea. Yeah, it is. Publicly accessible digital library of human languages. It's kind of neat. And then the interval. I don't know what the interval is. That sounds cool. Hold on. I have to click on that now. The interval. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's a bar. (laughs) I don't know why they have a bar, but wait, they do. like where you go to drink? <laughs> yes. Oh my do you god! You need this, a card to get this in. This bar looks really cool, though. Wait, do, so do you need a card? To yes, get you in? need a, you need the, to be a member to get into the bar. Where is the bar oh, we're going? It's, in, we it's need... in San Francisco. Yeah, that's terrible. But... but oh my god, it has like books, like it's like decorated like a library, and also it has like cool like nautical and like intelligent like it looks like they have a very like leonardo da vinci kind of aesthetic you know what i mean yeah so they've got a bar so it's an acclaimed bar cafe museum and the home of the long now foundation come enjoy coffee or cocktails surrounded by ideas books and mechanical wonders and they have a conversation series which is an intimate salon-style event centered around long-term thinking, featured featuring renowned authors, scientists, and artists. They have like a, a room in the back where people gather with like a cool blackboard. Yeah, it's like the D and D room in game shops. Yeah. Oh. Private events. Okay, so they have a bar for some reason. So anyway, your membership supports the clock, the seminar series, the Rosetta Project, the Interval. And all their other random long-term thinking projects. Anyway, so bronze member. Okay, there's a bronze. I thought there was. I thought the other level was 
the highest, but apparently there's even cheaper level. So it's only $96 a year. Okay. $8 a month, bronze membership. Stay connected with the basic level membership. Bronze members receive a membership card X'd with a unique member number, and they also received our regular member newsletter. Oh, it's stainless steel, not cobalt. But probably because it's the low-level membership. <laughs> anyway, what's you get the, it. What's the 300 get you? You get a stainless steel membership card, live streaming, monthly emails, and you can you get on the clock visit interest list not even like guaranteed to go see the clock but like you can get on the list that of to say you're interested in visiting okay then you got 144 dollars per year which is the stainless steel member which is still just a stainless steel card uh you get everything from bronze and you get complimentary tickets to the seminars and you get access to the interval events okay at the bar right yeah at the bar so that's where you get the interval stuff mm-hmm. uh, okay and then you have the Monel member which is $360 a year okay which gets you a fancier card a copy of their book uh, access to the interval and that's it <laughs> All right, and then you got the tungsten member Ooh. $960 a year membership card all that other shit Priority ticketing for special events. Access to Brian Eno's album. <laughs> what? Who's that? Brian Eno is an electronic musician, like from the seventies or eighties, and apparently he is like very big in this, in this society. <laughs> and he has an album exclusive for tungsten level and up members of of the foundation. Do you think it's good? No, probably I've, not. <laughs> I've never heard his music. I want to go and listen to one of his songs. He's good. No, I like him. He's, he's good? Yeah, he he produced a lot of famous electronic people in the 80s. Okay. Um, so he's like the DJ Tiesto of the 80s? Ro- Roxy Music, he was a member of. Um, he's produced artists like Robert Fripp, David Bowie, David Byrne. John Cale, Devo, Talking Heads. So, like, he's worked with a lot of musicians. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but he's, like, apparently really big in this group. <laughs> like, he's their famous member or whatever. But, like, this doesn't get... Like, Monel and Tungsten, like, $900 difference. Like, $600 difference. The only difference is you get Brian Eno's album when you do the, the Tungsten yeah. member. It must be really good. Okay, there's another... There's a couple more membership levels. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> this one is called the... E- <laughs> I can't even read it. This one's called the Equation of Time Cam member. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. You get everything before, but you also get the Equation of Time Cam, which I don't know what that is. They don't What's explain the- what it is on the website. <laughs> Do you think it's like a live cam of the clock? But you get it. <laughs> like, do you know, like a Twitch stream? Maybe. Where you can see the clock and maybe they play okay. David found- Bowie's music or whatever his name is. 
I found an article. So, like, they didn't link to it on this site, but I, like, Googled it and they found a part. Uh-huh. Okay. From time to time... Ooh, okay. <laughs> Artifacts of the Long Now Foundation. Oh, my God. From time to time, the Long Now Foundation will produce special artifacts designed to inspire long-term thinking. Often serialized and extremely limited, these unique items are often are only available to our supporters and only for a limited time. The equation of time cam is a piece of the clock that converts solar noon to absolute noon. The cam represents 12,000 years of this equation with one rotation per year. This is this is a part of limited run. So they like created this thing and they're calling it an artifact and it's going to last for a really long time. Uh, so it's it's like a clock though. Uh-huh. It looks really weird. Like it doesn't look like a clock. It's like a big metal tube that's like whirly. <laughs> it's gold though. <laughs> it looks like something you would see in like 2001: A Space Odyssey. Okay. Anyway, so you get that if you donate twenty five hundred dollars a year. That's the the price of this guy. It's a lot. It is a lot. So. The weird thing about this is you donate $2,500 a year. You get the equation of time cam, which is not a camera. I don't know why they call it a cam. And then you don't get anything else, so you might as well just downgrade to tungsten the year after, you know? Yeah. That's unless you want, Unless you want the special... Well, no, you'd get the membership card that says you donated that much, too. I don't really know why you'd keep on this membership level. And then they have the piece de resistance membership level. It's this really is, called that? The Peace de Resistance? No, but I'm calling it that. Okay. It's called the 10,000-year member. Okay. And all you have to do is donate once $10,000 to the organization, and you get everything before. Um, and, it's un- and you don't have to ever... It's just like a one-time. You donate $10,000, you're a member forever... And you get a very special cobalt membership card with an etching, like laser etched. I'm a 10,000 year member of the Long Now Society. So, there you go. It's it's given me some serious Scientology vibes. It Yeah, so before I read about it, like I was like, this is so cool. And now I'm like, mm, this sounds a little culty. Yeah. But Brian Eno is a member. Well, I mean, Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. It sounds cool. That bar is is the most interesting part of this for me. Is that yeah, open, can... like, every day? Can you just... I think so, yeah. Once you're a member, you can just go? You just go to the bar whenever you want. I would really like to check out this bar and, like see who's in there so apparently they have a front room that's open to the public okay but then they have multiple rooms in the back that you have to be a member to get into i mean do you think there's anyone really back there what if it's just like (laughs) (laughs) brian eno's back there like by himself (laughs) he's like he has like a synthesizer and he's just constantly playing like weird spacey music yeah it reminds me of a Pokemon gym because 
So when I was a kid, I thought the idea of Pokemon gyms was cool. It's just like a man that sits in a room all day and like waits for people to visit him. That's but, Brian Eno at the Interpol bar. In reality, that doesn't sound like very much fun. No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds really bad. But it's just a cool idea of like, ooh, there's a bar and I can only get here if I am if I'm a member. Cool club. You know. If that cool club was near me, I would join. You know, I feel like I've always wanted to start a pseudo cult secret society kind of thing like this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, me too. It, it seems like someone just went and did it. Yeah. So I think Jeff Bezos is, like, one of their backers. You know? Yeah, that's what the Wikipedia article said. It but said I don't think that... he's, like, a member of this club. I think he just gives him the money to make the clock because he probably thinks the clock is cool or something. You know what I mean? Do you think he approved all this, like, extra stuff? No, I doubt. I severely doubt Maybe it. he was just like, build the clock, here's the money, and then they took that money and kind of did more <laughs> with it. Then <laughs> They're like, we're going to make a secret society with a cool bar that's members only. And we're going to have seven membership levels with cool laser-etched business cards. Yeah. And Brian Eno is going to be a part of it. And it'll be, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be great. Yeah, I don't think he probably did anything with the club. He probably just gave money for the clock and they like went, went crazy with it. When I was reading the Wikipedia article, it said that that clock cost $43 million. Now, I, a 10,000-year clock is very impressive to me, but, like, is that really going to cost? Do you know what I mean? Is it really going to yeah. cost $43 million? That seems like a I lot. No idea. I bet they're they're inflating it so they can spend a lot more of the money on their, like, bar and <laughs> secret club stuff. Yeah, a bar is not cheap. That's yeah. in San Diego. That's millions of dollars. Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, it's even more in San Francisco. Apparently, yeah. they have another project called the Long Server, where they're trying to create a digital continuity software for ser- pervasive server infrastructure that's up forever. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I mean, the words sound cool, but I don't know how you would do that. <laughs> uh, they have a lot of projects. Yeah. One of their projects is just called Nevada. I think that's what it Ooh, says. do they say anything about it, or is it just like... <laughs> just the word? They actually, if you click on it, they say things. Okay. Oh, they purchased some mountain in Nevada. I don't know what they're doing there. They say they're, oh, they're going to make a project there, but they haven't revealed what it is. You know, it'd be cool if they had a site section of their website that, like, you clicked on, and then it would bring you to the page, and it'd be like redacted unless you're a member or whatever. Then yeah, I would like, then I would like think about joining. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If if I can't physically go to the club, the only draw to joining this is getting the fancy little business card thing. We have a podcast. Ooh. Do you need to be a member to listen to it? I don't know. I'm not sure. Hold on. Probably not, right? No, but you you'll be behind. The members oh, okay. have first access to all their, their stuff. Uh, board members. Where's Brian Eno? <laughs> Where is he? I don't see him. Associates. He's probably an associate, right? 
I would think they'd make him a board member if they're like <laughs> promising think? his album. I don't see Brian Eno on here at all. God, they're lying about Brian Eno. Maybe he's staff. Nope. Does Brian Eno know he's in this group? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not. Oh, here, there he is. Okay, he's on the board of directors. Okay, all right. That makes me feel better. Okay, this is an interesting... Um, I have to say, this is an interesting placement of Brian Eno. So, the site is like, here's the board members, and they highlight their five like main board people, right? Okay. And then on the right side, they have like a list of everyone on the board. And surprise, surprise, Brian Eno is like in the middle, randomly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I were the board, I'd put him like up at the top. You know, like, hey, we've got Brian Eno. You know what I mean? If I were the board... I would make him one of the five big ones that you see the picture immediately. Me too. That's what I'm saying. I mean, so, if if Brian Eno's album is like a big draw for their fancy <laughs> membership, <laughs> I feel like he, he deserves a, a big spot. I agree, but it's kind of a classy move, right? They're like saying that, you know, uh, oh, we got Brian Eno, but they're not like, they're not really like, you know. Yeah, you know, it's no big deal. We just have it's you just, know Brian. You know he's just important. You yeah, know. he gave us a secret album <laughs> that no one listens listens to unless you pay us twenty five hundred dollars or whatever. Anyway, we should uh, we should do this. We should join. Ooh, they have a lot of art. They have more artifacts than I thought they did. First edition Rosetta disc. They only made six. Damn. Is it is it a CD? Out. No, it's like a like a nickel disc, readable with optical magnification of one thousand times. Long term language archive. I don't know what any of those words mean, but it sounds really cool. It looks cool too. Whoa, this is cool. <laughs> okay, so like it's like a, it's about the size like if you cupped your palms it's like the size of like it's the size of a cd i would say okay and it's got like all these engravings on it and they're really small and if you zoom in with the magnus a telescope man whatever uh, microscope mm-hmm. you'll be able to read all these like individual languages that's a rosetta stone that's cool and that yeah. that's not gonna like if you get it wet it won't like get like smear off or anything. I mean it says it's gonna last for a very long time under what and conditions though like if I leave a, one of my keys outside for too long it'll stop working in the door you know what I mean yeah and then they made another one but that one's out of print and then they made a wearable one they made a hundred of them and then they made hand-blown scientific glass bottles Wait. (laughs) Your bottle would be stored in our rafters, part of the Interval's custom designed LED system. Is it a bong? Is it a a pipe? It's $1,500. What is the. (laughs) (laughs) You don't even get it. It hangs up in the bar. What? 
You buy them a decoration? I think it has your name on it or something. <laughs> it's like, have you ever, like, you know, like, a park bench with, like, someone's name on it? You can, like, yeah. buy it or whatever? Like, I think it's, like, that kind of thing. But it's you know? not. It's not in a public place. It's in a private room where the man is just, like, there's, like, one man playing on a synthesizer all day. He knows there, and he can see your name on the bottle. <laughs> Oh, man. <clears throat> you can buy this right now. I'm good. I'm good on that. I don't need that. Oh, okay. No. This is cool, actually. I mean, it's not. So the bottle is at their bar. Okay. okay. And it's hand etched with your name on it. And then you can choose a alcoholic beverage to put in there. And when you come to the bar, you will get... You will. You're the only one that gets to drink the liquor from the bottle. It's a beer stein. Okay. For you, just for you. And you can't take it, but it's yours when you're there. That may, I've seen that before in bars. Like not for fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> Usually it's like twenty dollars. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Is it a Only cool looking glass? Does it? Yeah, look it looks neat? really neat. To yeah, like really drink beer out of. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks really neat. So anyway, yeah, and then the equation of time cam, obviously, which is twenty five hundred dollars. So there you go. That's all that I know about the Long Now Foundation. We not really learned anything new, other than Brian Eno is a member and he's back there all the time, probably playing music. So. Yeah. And you can go drink a beer with him in your very own glass. For I kind of want to go to this bar, though. I really want to go. I want to see if there's no one there. Yeah. I kind of want to go. I bet there's going to be people in the front room, but I want to like try to get into the back to see if there's people actually back there. You know? I bet you could like peek back there. Or like, just... You walk through the door, and then you, like, stumble through the secret door and be like, Oh, sorry, I was looking for the bathroom, you know? <laughs> I didn't know this was your secret clubhouse, whatever. And there's, like, no one there, except yeah. Brian Eno, of course. Ugh. I just thought the foundation was interesting, but, okay, that's super weird. Uh, anyhow, anyhow, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing pretty good today. Really? Anything going on in your life right now? I have to drive a long way very early in the morning tomorrow. Ugh. I'm sorry. Other than that, it's pretty good. It sounds shitty. I've been playing Bloodborne this week. Yes, you told me about that. How have you been liking it? I didn't like it at first. Yeah. I have quit um, two Souls games now. I tried Which to play. Ones? I tried to play Dark Souls One. Remastered. Okay. And I tried to play Dark Souls 2, and okay. I rage quit both of them. Alright. But this one, have you stuck with this one longer than you stuck with those two, or no? Once I made it past the very first part of the game, I I started really enjoying it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's really hard, but like, I don't know. It's really satisfying to win stuff. You know? So, it's kind of made me think about going back and playing Dark Souls too. One of the 
the thing I remember hating the most about Dark Souls is when you die, it is just crushing. Because yeah. it can take you like 20 minutes to get back, to, to, get where, back yeah. to where you were. You you might not even know where you were, and it, it could take hours. Yes, it could, and it is very crushing. And that's definitely the most frustrating part of, of This game. game, though, I, I usually feel like I know where I'm going and where I need to go. And mm-hmm. what, what I really like is that like along the way you can unlock shortcuts that let you get to your intended destination faster. Yeah. The level design is just very very good in Bloodborne and they have a lot of shortcuts and stuff like that 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 like work really well. Um for it. how far are you? I mean, it's such an old game. It's not old, but it's like years have passed so you're not going to spoil it for people. So where have you gotten? Um I Two days ago, I beat the white wolf woman that screams a lot. I don't remember mm-hmm. her name. Vicar Amelia, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I got to the witch boss after her and beat the witch boss. The one oh, that, yeah, the witch boss is easy. Yeah, that was. I actually died to that one once. but Really? Yeah, and I'm. I'm That's at the, the one that goes right invisible or whatever, right? Yeah. I was. What confused me at first is with that boss, there's two of them, and only one of them responds to the health bar. Yes. So the first time I fought it, I started attacking the other enemies, thinking that you could not hurt the boss until it had exhausted. Oh. And yeah. I was fighting them for like 20 minutes, just being like, oh my, like, when's this going to end? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, because when I would hit the witch, the health bar wouldn't go down, but it's because it was the other witch I was hitting. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So you're in the Forbidden Woods then. Oh. Yes, I made it past there, I think, just now. I love the Forbidden Woods. Isn't that a cool area? Yeah. It's cool because it's like, it, it like, I don't know if you've found, I think you said you found shortcuts and stuff, but they're like shortcuts in the Forbidden Woods that like lead you back into town and you're like, what? That's so cool. You know. So, I don't know. I just really like, I like how they do that. Yeah. I'm really so enjoying now, it so far. So now you're past them. I don't remember the next place after that. It's after the Forbidden Words. I don't remember. What are you, where are you at now? Uh, have, I just defeated the witch. There's a okay. there's a lantern right after that, and that's right where I am. And so you're going to the next place. Oh, I know where you're going now. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Oh, you're going to like this place. Nice. It's wild. It's really weird. Um, I think you might have another boss you need to fight in the woods, though. I don't remember. Um, but, oh man, the next place is really cool. Uh, the game is already really weird, and it gets, like, super weird in the next area. I'm you know looking I mean? forward to it, yeah. Um, I don't know. You've probably noticed how, like, there's, like, some some weirdness going on, you know, in yeah, the game. I've detected, I, I, I skip a lot of the dialogue, but I've detected that there's a disease, mm-hmm. and that's all I know. And yeah. that wolf boss was so sick. Uh, that that was the coolest boss in the game by far, because she's screaming the whole time, and it yeah. it made me really uncomfortable because it's like a woman. Scre- I don't know. Yes, she's like. Rah! There's something about like a woman screaming. It's a very that, disconcerting scream. Yeah, it sounds like she's doesn't sound like everything's okay. Yeah, but she's like killing you. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Did you get the regular version or the like complete version or whatever? Like, where did you buy this? I bought this off the PS4 store. And I think uh-huh. it's just the regular version. Okay. 
characters. Because they have, like, a DLC thing, and it's, like, it's really good, but, like, the weird thing about it is it's, like, it's, like, in the middle of the game. So if you buy it after you beat the game, you basically have to play the whole game again. Like, half the game again to get to the DLC, which is really stupid. But oh, weird. Yeah. That's what I had to do. Because <laughs> I, like, beat it, and then I bought the DLC when it came out, and then I was like, oh, I have to do all this again. Okay. But it just gave me an excuse to play the game again, so it's fine. But um, Yeah, it's a really weird, 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 weird game. But I'm glad you're enjoying it. It gets even weirder, so... Please let me know as you progress all the weird things that you happen to find. I will. I, I've I've really been enjoying it. Cool. <sighs> You're still using the axe? Yeah, I, I, I'm using the axe. And I use it two-handed. I don't use any other weapons. And I spin, and it seems really good. Spin to win. Yeah, I mean, it is the best. It is the best weapon for a new player because it's just so effective. Um, it definitely takes skill, but, like, it's so effective. You can play the whole game with it, which is really nice. Um, my first weapon that I chose in Bloodborne, n- like, I almost quit many times. Um, like, it took me a lot f- later than you. Like, I know how you said, like, you you beat, like, the Father G boss, and that was when you're like, okay, I like this game, I can do this. Yeah. It took me, like, more... It took me longer than that to, like, click, get the game to click, because I used the cane, the <laughs> threaded cane, which Wait, is, like... What? You you were given the choice between, like, an axe and a saw, and, and you chose the yep. cane? I chose the cane. I was like, that sounds so cool! I'm gonna, ch- I'm gonna do this one! And... It is really hard to, in the beginning, with the cane, because the axe and the saw can stagger enemies, like, really well. Yeah. Because they're so big. The cane is just a cane, right? It, you can't really <laughs> stagger people with it super well. But you can use it kind of like a rapier. So, like, you poke them a lot. So, like, small enemies, if you keep poking them, eventually you'll stagger them. And with big enemies, if you keep poking them, you'll, you'll eventually stagger them. But, like, it takes a lot of hits before that happens. Yeah. But it's really fast. Like, it's really, really, really fast. So, you just have to learn how to dodge really well with the threaded cane. Um, and it took me a really long time to, like, figure out how to play with it. But once you figure it out, it out, and I've used pretty much every weapon in Bloodborne, and I still think the threaded cane is the coolest weapon in the whole game. Because it's just really fun to play once you figure out how to do it. It just takes a really long time to to get there, you know? Yeah, a weapon I'm really interested in because I saw the crow lady using them is the dual wielding daggers. I don't know if you blades. Can, can yeah. you, you can, can you use you can those? those? Yep, you can get those. So if you've killed her or do or done her quest, she drops like an amulet or something. Okay. And the amulet unlocks the ability to buy the items from the from the dream vendor or whatever. Nice. Yeah. And then I'm assuming you know about weapon transformations and stuff, right? What's that? Uh, when you hit R2 or whatever, or not, I don't remember the button, but it's when you change the weapon into like the different different type or whatever. Right. Have you been doing that? Um, I only use two the two handed mode usually. Oh, but you know about the other mode. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So with the axe, like the two handed mode is the best, but you can like change it to the other mode. 
So with the cane, the reason the cane is the coolest weapon, in my opinion, is regular mode is just a freaking cane. It's just a cane, and you whack people with the cane, right? And you're like, you use it kind of like a rapier. Like, remember Raphael from uh, yeah. Soul Calibur? It's basically like that. You're like, ha 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 Like, that's the, the whole thing. But then when you, when you transform it, it becomes a chain whip. And okay. it's really good on, like, a lot of enemies because you have this, like, chain whip that you can, like... You basically become Ivy from another Soul Calibur. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right? what I was like thinking of. Whipping enemies like crazy with the chain, and you can hit the button and like transform it from a whip to the cane like really quickly. So it's really fun to be like ha ha ha, ha and then be like. <laughs> it's just a, like a really fun weapon. So yeah. I really like the transform- transformations, but yeah, there's so many good weapons in that game. I could talk about all the weapons all day. The other one that I think you would like a lot is called the, um, it's Ludwig's Holy Blade, and it is a strength weapon, but you can also spec it into Arcane, and it's like a giant sword, okay, but its transformation is a small, like you can pull a small sword out of the giant sword. Okay. So like you can use it like a regular sword when you want to be quick, and then when you want to fuck stuff up, you put it back. And then it's like this giant, like, berserk-style broadsword. I was actually really considering buying that weapon next. It's yeah, it's really expensive, though. It's really fun to use. It's my second favorite weapon in the game, for sure. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, it's got a really cool charge attack where you, like, have the big giant broadsword and you just go, like, Rah! you know, like you charge into an enemy or whatever. Nice. I would recommend that one. It's really, it's it's an easy weapon to master, too, and it's really fun. And it's good for strength builds like you are. Yeah. I could talk about Bloodborne forever. I'm excited for you to get to the next area because it's really weird. You're about to... The next area you go to has one of the bosses that I said is the hardest in the game for a lot of people. Okay, that's cool. Which is weird because I didn't have really much trouble on them. But... Uh, I think I messaged you this when you told me you, you beat Vicar Amelia in one go. Like, the wolf lady, you beat her, like, the first try, right? Or, like, yeah. one, one of your first Yeah, tries. it was my first. Okay, you know how long it took me to beat her? Three days. And I had to, like, <laughs> summon someone to do it, okay? Like, it's wild because I just could not get... Like, I couldn't figure her out, you know? And the cool thing about Bloodborne is... Everybody I talk to that's played the game has a different boss that they consider the hardest. And it's usually a boss that I'm like, oh, that was easy. You know what I mean? Like, you had trouble with Father G. I didn't have that much trouble with him. Like, I think I beat him, like, my third try. But, like, I took, like, forever on the wolf lady, you know? And then this next boss you're going to come up with, well, maybe not the next one, but, like, the two later. Right. I think I beat him on, like, my third or fourth try. And it's taken other people I know, some of my friends, like, a week to beat them. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy how... I don't know. I think it's something said to be said for, like, the design of the bosses that they're, like... They're so unique that, like, some people can't grasp their weird nature. You know, like, they just have... Like, sometimes they click with some people and sometimes they don't. I just think it's really interesting. Yeah, that is cool. Do you want to know what my hardest boss by far so was? Who? So the very first enemy in the game is a werewolf... That's yes. that's hanging out in the medical ward. Yep. I remember. I. He was your hardest boss. I did not even think to run past him, 
So mm-hmm. I was trying to slap him to death for like the first with your fists with my fists. The f- yeah. like the first two days I owned the game. Yeah. <laughs> that was my whole experience with Bloodborne. I'm sorry. I was just like, damn, this this game. Is so I would have told you to hard. run past him. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, did you beat him though? No, not with my hands. I eventually so just, just ran. Yeah. But after I ran, there, there's an enemy that looks like Rob Zombie, or like he, he's got a top hat, he's got a torch and a sword. You know him. Yeah, and he's really hard he, for you. I was trying to beat him with my hands after that. Well, why didn't you get the weapon? Because I did have the weapon by that point. So I went to the hunter's den. But I only went around the outside perimeter. Oh, you didn't know there was a free weapon over there. I did not know you could go into the house and get a weapon. So you d- once you knew that, you got a weapon, and you're like, oh. Oh, yeah, and then it. I was set. But That's funny. So you're trying to use your bare hands for so long. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should have told you that. It's okay. Because I'm pretty sure I did something similar, but then someone that owned the game was like, oh, yeah, you can get a weapon for free. And I was like, oh. Yeah. By the way, the first enemy is impossible with your fists. Oh yeah, so like what you're supposed to do, and you have no way of knowing this, you're supposed to die on the werewolf the first time. You're supposed to go to the hunter's dream and then run up there and immediately get a weapon and then then go warp back to the werewolf and then fight him with the weapon. Yeah, I went up there to that hunter's dream and the, the thing that gives you the sword is one of those things that comes out of the ground. The graffiti thing, yeah. I had already connected those men that come out of the ground with just like useless messages from the room before right so you're like i don't need to read this. i don't need to read this stupid crap like i'm just gonna go back and try to slap that werewolf some yep. more and so you just completely ignored it yeah. yeah that's fair yeah they really should have showed that in a different color it's really funny though it's funny you did that well now you know and it's also interesting because like the whole game of bloodborne is just trying to figure out how its systems work because they don't really explain anything to you no but and that frustrates me in a lot of games. And it frustrated me in Bloodborne. But, like, at at this point in my game playing, I, like, love that about it. Because it's, like, it's really fun to, for me to figure out, like, okay, how does this even work? I don't even get this. And then once you clicks, you're like, okay, got it. Yeah, it, like, has, uh, it has a roguelike kind of thing going for it. It does, yeah. Like, you slowly learn more as you play. Um, but, like... When you fought the boss, the first one, the Cleric Beast, do you remember that? Yeah. Um, you couldn't level up until you see him for the first time. Like, you're not allowed. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't. I, I learned how to level up f- much further after that. Right, but you're not even allowed to level up before that. And do you know why you're not allowed to level up? Why? Because you don't have any insight. You need insight to talk to the doll so okay. that she can level you up. And the only way to get insight is to see bosses. Oh. I didn't even know that. See, I've I've leveled up crazy? A, a million times already, but I had no I idea about that. Yeah. So, like, you need to have insight to level up. And to, to get insight, you... Like, every time you see a boss, because it's such an abomination, you get insight. And you're like, oh, wow. I was reading something else online where... I think it's the witch boss or the wolf boss. If you mm-hmm. have zero insight when you fight them, they die immediately. Oh, really? So you can like go fight. Spend all your you can go fight one of them, die, somehow travel mm-hmm. back there without insight, and like insta kill them. It's like a speedrunning strat or something. Interesting. I didn't know that. You can use that's some pretty kind of cool tricky manipulation. 
I didn't know that. That's actually really neat. It's really dangerous to have zero insight, though. <laughs> you should never have zero insight. But I'm sure for speedrunners, that's like the way to do it, right? Interesting. Oh, I could talk about Bloodborne all day. But uh, you can play it more and tell me how it is. Uh, God damn trying to figure out anything else to talk about there's like nothing going on in the world right now there's, i mean there's a lot there's a lot everything's going, going on, on but nothing's going on you know yeah. what i mean there's a lot going on but i don't i think i don't like a lot of it i don't like a lot of it have you watched any movies lately or tv shows or anything like that um rupaul's drag race is on i watched that yeah it's uh, a good show. it's a pretty good show i really like it have you seen any movies you've been marathoning movies a lot recently Yes, I haven't watched any new movies. It's all movies I've seen. Right, um, but... I marathoned all the X-Men movies. <laughs> How many is that? I don't even know. Oh, it's a lot. I thought there... I didn't realize there were so many, but there are a lot. I only I know always, of, like, two. <laughs> I'd seen them before. So, okay, you got X-Men 1, X-Men 2, and X-Men 3. That's, like, the main ones you remember back in the early 2000s with, like, Wolverine and Cyclops and Jean Grey and Professor X and Magneto. You know? Yes. You know those, right? Okay, so you got those three. Then you got First Class, which is the one set in the 60s. And then you got uh, Days of Future Past, which is the one set in the 70s and the future at the same time. And Wolverine comes back. Okay. And then you got Apocalypse, which is set in the 80s and has Apocalypse. And it doesn't have any of the cast from the, the old movie, the originals. Mm -hmm. And then you've got The Wolverine, which is a solo Wolverine movie. Uh, the Origins Wolverine, which is a solo or Wolverine movie. And then you got the movie The Wolverine, which is the one set in Japan where Wolverine fights samurai <laughs> and stuff. Okay. And then you've got Logan, which is the one where he's like old and it's like the dystopian future. I saw that one. Protects yeah. the girl. Yeah. And so that's like, I don't know, nine movies or something. It's a lot. That's a lot of X-Men. It's good, though. Like, it's a surprisingly good series. Um, it's consistent, you know? There's only like two or three really bad ones and the rest are like these are pretty good you know i remember liking some of, which which is the one with quicksilver in it that has that scene is probably the best uh, out of days any of, of the past. movies days of future, days of future past. past that's a great scene yeah where he well, saves them all in the yeah uh, he runs through the room and like tastes food yeah, yeah that's, days, that's probably the best one or one of the best ones but, is that the yeah. one with the the who's the devil guy that can teleport um, Azazel? Azazel? Yeah, I think that's, no, that's the same first one. first class. No, that's the one right before that one. Okay. <laughs> if I could choose See, a superpower, it would be You've seen all Azazel. of these. You just, they just all meld together. Yeah, I don't know who it is. If you could choose a power, you'd be teleporting? Yeah, it would be Azazel's power. Or Nightcrawler, whatever. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, I would choose that too. I think it would be so cool to teleport. Zazel can teleport really far, though. Nightcrawler can only teleport where he, like, sees, I think, is the difference. I think you're right about that. So I guess Zazel's is better. He has a remote viewer built in, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. So I guess he's just better than Nightcrawler in every way. Nightcrawler looks cooler, though. Yeah. And he has a tail. And isn't he, like, weirdly religious or something? Yeah, he's, like, super Catholic. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. And I don't know why that's cool, though. I, for some reason, I I know... Th okay. A really cool archetype in games is, like, the weird Catholic guy. And there's a few games where yes, this is are. real. Okay? Yeah. Tekken. No, it's true. Tekken. Do you know who it is in Tekken? Who's the weird Catholic guy in King Tekken? King is a weird Catholic, <laughs> like, 
man that owns an orphanage and he's like a priest or something. He's the man with the cheetah face. Oh, I know the man with the cheetah face. That's not his real face, though, right? I don't <laughs> Nobody knows. I think it is. <laughs> I like how I asked you that and you're like, uh, I'm not sure. I think he so is. So he, he's, he's like super religious man? Yeah, he's a, a priest or something in Brazil and <laughs> he owns an orphanage. And he has a a cheetah face. I love it. I love it. That's a weird trope. Oh, yeah, he became a Catholic priest and renounced his fighting ways. He has a brother, too. That happens in a lot of games. I do enjoy that trope. It's fun. Yeah, it's just. Shows up in. I think it's in a lot of anime and stuff, too. Yeah, it's really. Like Alexander in um, Trigun, or. No. Oh, yes! Helsing. Alexander, yeah, I was literally just thinking about that. Uh, or the priest in Trigun. His name? Yeah, the, he's in. There's a weird Catholic guy in. Alexander's both the yeah. Alexander's the guy with the glasses and the swords. Yeah, he's cool. He was my favorite guy in Trigun. And then the the dude with the giant uh, coffin in Trigun. I don't remember his name. Coffin man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't remember. His, it, he's the priest. Trigun priest. I want to know his name now. Legato Blue Summer. Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Wolfwood, yes. And he was like the coolest character in Trigun. Yeah. His gun made no sense. It (laughs) It didn't make... Oh, it wasn't a a casket. It was like a cross. Yeah, it was a big metal crucifix that is just a gun. Oh, I love Wolfwood, though. He's so cool. It's like the worst gun ever. (laughs) And he was, like, really religious or something. Or maybe he pretended to be. I don't remember. But he was cool. Yeah, he's a priest. He's literally a priest. Who wields a cross-shaped gun named the Punisher. (laughs) Of course it's named the Punisher. (laughs) Uh, He was on, like, every forum signature in 2002. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. I think he was in my forum signature. (laughs) I wouldn't. There's a specific shot of him holding the gun in a cool way. And he's like, has shades on. And everyone used that image. Like, if you Google Trigun Wolfwood, it's the second image that comes up. And everyone and their mom used that that form signature. Trigun Wolfwood and click on images. Yeah. yeah it's I the see. second one. He's like, I got ya. Everyone used that. I remember. God, I remember that, too. Uh, me, too. I remember. It's funny. It's the picture in his Wikipedia article. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Yep. Yep, exactly that one. <sighs> the, good, the good old days. Forum signatures and all that. Um, God. Right, I'm going to call it now. Yeah. <laughs> who's, our, who's our sponsor today, Batsmack? Our sponsor today is... Um... I don't. I can't think of any sponsors. It's the damn the virus. Lo- <laughs> it's the Long Now Foundation. The Long Now, yes. When you need to last ten thousand years and buy expensive things for no reason, choose the Long Now Foundation. Serving you the long now. Ooh, the long God. now for today's tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. That was good. Thank you. I mean, neither does the organization. Remember when you're feeling down, 
um, put on a nice gown. There you go. Uh, drive safe, everyone. Uh, stay safe at home. Bye.